What's going on, guys? Before the podcast starts, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been supporting our brand. We are now the Fitness Informant new brand of the year. We just won the award yesterday. I am extremely happy about it. And I just want to thank you all for those of you who voted, those of you who've been buying our products, those of you who have been leaving reviews. I appreciate it very much. Also, uh, we have a lot of new clothing coming out this weekend. So please follow at Hostile Subs or go to hostile.com with two s's obviously and uh, check out we have some pants shorts and we got two new styles of hoodies coming out they're pretty awesome and i'm really happy with the designs and the pants and shorts are a little bit thicker so they're really good for winter um thank you guys for everything it's been amazing i hope you enjoy the podcast wesley vissers how are you sir i'm very good i'm very excited for olympia and i really want to say i really love your podcast so i'm really honored to be on here I've sure. heard, I've heard you, you told me, I think I read somewhere, I think either you posted or your fans, you probably have the best fans out of anybody I know because they've been messaging me off the hook for the last like three, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't know that me and Hero had already spoken. Uh -huh. And for the last three days I've been getting repeatedly get Wesley on the show, get Wesley on the show. So I oh, didn't want to, I didn't want to tell anybody cause I like to make it a surprise, but they, uh -huh. we already had it planned. Yeah. 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 It's so your fan, your fans are good guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah for sure. I'm happy to get you on, man. I, I want to say something. I don't hear your name enough. I think you have an amazing physique, and I think you're going to do extremely well this weekend. Why do you think you're not being talked about as much as you should be? Well, honestly, I do like the underdog position this mm. time. The first time I was talked about quite a lot because I won my pro card yeah. in the same year that I won the, my first pro show and qualified for the Olympia all in one year. So yeah. then there was a lot of hype behind me. Yeah. And that brings you brings a lot of pressure with it, of course. Mm -hmm. So this time I kept quiet at the beginning, especially for qualification for this Olympia. I didn't even say I was going to do a show at all. Yeah. And it gave me more freedom to do whatever I wanted, to post whatever I wanted, then just go do the show. And then I happened to win it. Yeah. So uh, that mentally was very uh, much easier for me. So less, yeah. less of a burden. So uh, I think that after the Romania Pro, which I won in uh, last year, I once again didn't really mention much about what I was going to do in terms of when I was going to start my prep and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do notice, and this is true about social media, in the off season, I simply don't look nearly as good as <laughs> during prep. So yeah. people just don't care at that time. Yeah. No. And I only start to look good in the last, like, month before the prep then that's what people start to notice my physique and they're like oh damn he's coming back he's he's really good he's really yeah. improved even though the improvements had already been made in the off season but no one can see it because there's no conditioning to show it so yeah. and uh, i do think because the first olympia that i did was a disappointment myself and to the fans that therefore they don't bring as much hype to my physique anymore yeah. because they're like well we already saw what he could do at the previous Olympia. So maybe this yeah. Olympia will just be the same thing yeah. until I showed my physique, what it is right now, people are starting to believe in me again and yeah. uh, put me alongside with some top names, which I really, uh, really am uh, you know, incredibly appreciative about, yeah. but still, I really love that underdog role to, uh, you know, to go into the Olympia without much attention, but being part of the social media atmosphere, there's really no choice, but to show yourself I know. I know. Uh, enough. Yeah. So you said a whole bunch there. So I'm going to try and pull apart some of that. Uh, first thing is I do notice that when we're not prepping, nobody cares. And you're wearing a, <laughs> when you're wearing a hoodie in the gym or you're a little bit yeah. pu puffy in the off season, uh -huh. 
Nobody gives a shit. It's one of the struggles as a bodybuilder or, or classic or whatever, as, as someone who competes, because I think we all like the attention and we mm -hmm. like people, like people recognizing our hard work, but then nobody cares when we're actually doing the hard work because we don't look so amazing. Right. So it's a, kind of a struggle mentally to ha handle. Are you okay with those months where nobody's liking your stuff or commenting or like patting you on the back every day? Are you okay with that? I'm okay with it, but you always have to be honest to yourself as well. Mm -hmm. When I'm on social media, especially Instagram, you can see the amount of likes you get. And I want to get at least above a 10,000 like mark. That's for me like like, <laughs> like the limit I, I want. On most of my pictures, when I think, okay, this one looks pretty good, and I don't get that 10,000, it's always going to be like, okay, why don't they like this post as much as the previous ones? So, and, and, and then all of a sudden, one of them goes above 20,000. I'm like, why do they like this one so much now? So sometimes it's, it's like a mystery, but I do notice the trend going up and up as you go into prep. Mm. So yeah, in the off season, you try to do different things to mm -hmm. get noticed because ultimately my company, my brand is also attached to how I look. Mm -hmm. So I can't do nothing in the off season. I still have to post some content, but I do notice there's a lot less attention towards you in the off season. So you try to fit it in with other, uh, other stuff. Wesley, how old are you? Uh, 27. Okay, can I tell you, you're probably the most honest guy I've had on this channel. You're the you're the first guy. You're the first guy I've had on this channel. Okay, first of all, I've talked I talked to a lot of guys about pressure. And a lot of them, maybe they're not like me, but most of them, I shouldn't say all of them, but most of them say they don't feel the pressure, which is is mm -hmm. baffling to me because I always felt it when I was competing. Yeah. But no one has ever said to me, I want to get 10,000 likes. And if I don't get 10,000 <laughs> likes, I'm disappointed. That you're the first person I've ever heard say that. So what, okay, where did you come up with that number, and and what does it do to you if you get nine thousand likes? Are you are you bummed out? Yeah, but it motivates me when I get below ten thousand likes. I want to get that next post to be at least ten thousand. So what I then do is, if I had a post in mind to post mm -hmm. a, a certain picture um, that was like the one that had nine thousand likes, I'm like, okay, this one would not be good enough. I need to post something that put, that shows a little bit more physique, a yeah. little bit more striations, a, a better, better pump, which I maybe didn't even want to show because mm -hmm. I don't like to show everything of my physique before the contest. But then I'm like, I do want to keep that, you know, not really hype going, but I do want to keep that momentum going into the show now that I do have it because it's not just about the likes to me because, as I mentioned, there's a whole other thing attached. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. the more uh, attention my posts get, the more I'm going to make in the end as well. And it's literally yeah. the thing I do to uh, to provide for my family at the same time. So mm -hmm. I, it's all all intertwined, basically. So okay. the better, the, the higher the amount of likes, the better it's going to be for that as well. What's the lowest amount of likes you've gotten in the last six months? <laughs> well, <laughs> some posts um, they that really don't do well if you if you almost show nothing of your physique. Mm. and you're showing like a lifestyle picture or something that's not really what my page is about but sometimes i do and then you can get like three thousand likes or something mm. but then i expect it i don't expect to have that oh, so 10,000 likes in there <laughs> so you know if i post a picture yeah. of my physique that i think looks good and then yeah. i don't get the amount of likes i expect yeah. then it motivates me okay i have to do something different here because mm. i thought that was going to do well yeah. and it didn't do as well as i thought so uh, but Isn't some it? pictures i do realize it isn't it absolutely crazy the way we measure our success now? Yeah. It's so crazy because I can't, 
you know, like thinking from my own experience before, we never had that before. Like, no, before social media, you didn't know. Well, not even you didn't know, you didn't care. You just looked as good as you. I mean, in the off season, you were fat because you were bulking or not fat, but a little bit chubby or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, but you didn't care because you didn't have to post a photo and get likes and it wasn't connected to your uh, business. And it wasn't, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's very, yeah, very, yeah. things are so different now that you're, you're kind of saying it out loud. And it's like, nothing you're saying is untrue. But you're That's the first. Weird. You're the first person to say it out loud, and it's weird when you hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I do think there's a, there's another layer to it because we are bodybuilders, and most bodybuilders like to think in numbers as well, like our weight, our calories, the reps and sets. Yeah. But most importantly, the progressive overload in the gym. I know that you're following a little bit of uh, Jordan Peters' uh, yeah. training style. Yeah. And so I so am I actually for the last year. Yeah. And um, there, the numbers, the increase in numbers over time is important. So if like if you compare it to a post, if one workout you're all of a sudden not making those PRs or not <laughs> maintaining the amount of weight and reps you did before, right. you're also going to be disappointed. So you're so looking just, for <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for progressive <laughs> overload in my social media as well. Because then you know progressively you're actually improving yourself also on that front. So maybe that's also a bodybuilder thing. This is amazing. I love that you're saying this shit. Because it's it's you know why it People aren't going to understand why I'm so happy about this, but I am because this is exactly how we all think, but no one's ever like put it out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so you said you had a family. How many, like, what, do you, are you married? Do you have kids? I'm not married, but I do have a baby son. He's about 14 uh, weeks old. So mm-hmm. in the middle of prep, he actually uh, came to be, which was of course a very special uh, moment. It's yeah. indescribable. Yeah. But at the same time, you're still in prep and, uh, I noticed that when he, you know, he still doesn't sleep all night, of course. Yeah, yeah. So uh, while at the same time, I'm now close to three weeks from home, yeah. more than two weeks already. So I'm getting a better night's sleep. That's <laughs> the only benefit. Yeah. But the disadvantage is you have to miss your your family. And especially if you have a newborn son, it's uh, it's it's different from all the other contests. Yeah. But the prep has been very different uh, regardless because of him. So it, it puts a different dimension to why you're doing what you're doing. Because as a bodybuilder, it's pretty selfish what you're doing. Usually it's based for yourself and everybody around you has to adapt to your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But right now, the goal when I win, the better I do, the better it'll be for the family as well, eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's also an extra motivation added to uh, what I'm doing. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, I was... You know, after your your son, right? Your daughter, son. Son, yeah. Sorry, I, I lost. Um, after your son was born, I'm assuming that, did you train harder? Like, did you, did it give you like an extra gear in the gym or an extra gear when you were, you know, if you didn't want to do your diet that day or something, did it make you feel like you wanted to work harder? Because like you said, now there's a, yeah. there's a new, there's a new motivation. Yeah, it did, did, but it, it did require some balance because even though mentally you really want to work harder mm. with less sleep and you still you simply feel more tired quickly yeah. because you get less sleep on prep and you can't compensate it with more calories or anything else. Yeah. So you usually lose an edge during prep. But the, the edge that you that you gain is the extra motivation because you're working for him. So not during the training, but especially during cardio, it was uh, easier to finish. Yeah, because yeah. normally, like halfway, you're like, oh, this is going to take a while before I'm done. But now when I think about him, and then I'm going to keep walking until I'm done with the cardio. Yeah. So that was, the, that was an easier part for me. 
and usually uh, cardio is the most dreaded thing for me to complete usually because I don't really mind the diet or the training because yeah. I, I love both. I'm very uh, interested in both. Yeah. But the cardio is always something added on top, which to me doesn't really deliver a lot of fun or entertainment. So if that's, you then get an extra push to yeah. finish it, that's always nice. That's so weird for me. You know, I just, I had Hunter on and Hunter said the same thing. And I'm like, I love cardio. Am I the only one who loves cardio? I think I'm the only one. Well, I, I like cardio in the morning yeah. before breakfast because yeah. I can then look forward to the breakfast afterwards. <laughs> so it, it's like a it's it's like a routine. The cardio yeah. is fun because you will get rewarded at the end. And the breakfast is one of my favorite meals of the day. And yeah. it does allow you to clear your mind, think about how you're going to structure the rest of the day and yeah. stuff like this. But still, if you wake up, and normally in the off season, you can get started with breakfast right away sometimes. Yeah. So if, yeah, if you're not true. really, yeah. But when you then wake up and you're in prep and you're tired and hungry, and then you still have to do your cardio, it's yeah. always going to be like not as fun yeah, <laughs> yeah. compared to, to want to train or, or, or a diet, for example. I got you. So where, so you turn, you got your qualification for the Olympia at the Romania. Yeah. Okay. So you've had, Romania was last November, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So you've had a whole year just to worry yeah, about this one show. Yeah, that's true. But usually I start like 20 weeks before a contest with a mm -hmm. prep. And the Olympia wasn't announced to be in December yet before I started my prep for the September oh, Olympia. That's right. So that's I right. actually had a little bit of a prep for like three, four weeks. And then they announced, oh, it's going to be a move to December. Yeah. So it kind of was like a, a break from the off season that i had yeah, yeah. so uh it, it was a complete year but at the same time it wasn't really yeah. so uh but still it was more time than for any other show i've ever done as a pro yeah so you said you had a lot of hype where did you place at your first olympia was your first olympia 2019 uh 2018 2018 so where did you place in 2018 i was shared 14th place so uh you know of course i i uh, watch your podcast you're always saying well that might sound bad to a lot of people. In fact, you can be quite proud of it because then you can say, well, I'm 14th of the world. Yeah. So that's also yeah. pretty amazing. But I realized I wasn't there in my best shape I could be. I looked way better at the London Pro that I won a pro card at and the Chicago Pro before. So yeah. I, I looked worse at the Olympia, which is never good as a bodybuilder yeah. because the judges, even if you might be better than some people, if you're worse than yourself, you're going to be placed lower regardless. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I truly believe about uh, about uh, improving yourself and placing as high as possible in shows like that, especially the Olympia, because then I was in the elevator in the Orlando hotel there. I mean, um, I don't know, Orleans Hotel. Orleans Hotel, yeah. 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 And a judge told me, you have the shape, you have the lines, but you have to bring the conditioning. That's what okay. he told me. Yeah. And I missed my peak. It was the fourth show in a row. And I just couldn't peak the same way as I did for the other shows. And I just, yeah. uh, you know, it's like a, literally a desert in Las Vegas and in the Netherlands. It's quite cold. So the difference was quite yeah. immense. Yeah. So uh, I just couldn't peak the right way. And I just didn't show my conditioning. So that's where the hype pretty much fell all the way down. Yeah. And so, from there, I had to prove myself again. But was it just physical or was there a mental aspect to not being able to peak? Like, I mean, you turned pro relatively quickly, right? Yeah. The first time I did classic physique. Because I, I remember I, I remember you showing up on the scene. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Just, you showed up out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, you started winning a bunch of shows. And yeah. I, wanted, I was just wondering, like, you said before you were talking about pressure. And I was, you know, 
are, was it strictly physical the reason why you missed your peak or was just something mental like to all the pressure and knowing it was the olympia and your first time there was that part of the reason why you maybe missed your peak as well uh, it's it, it was mostly physical because um, okay. i i you know even though it's the olympia i was very excited because i wanted to be compared to chris bumstead because i knew his physique and he was number two in the world at that time yeah actually we we don't look alike but we have the same similar look especially when you when you look at brian that look is completely different from mine True. but at least i could compare a bit to chris so i was like okay if i can hit the first call out and at least be compared to him then i know what i have to do for the next years yeah. but uh then i just you know hit me mentally when i noticed backstage i couldn't see the details in my legs that i was used to mm -hmm. and that's when i knew okay it's it's pretty much over i can't do anything anymore about this because mm -hmm. You know, I can't cut any more water. I didn't have anything backstage to help me out. So it was just the shape I was in back then that I had to show on stage. So when I did go on stage and I did my introductory uh, routine, you, everybody could see my family as well. He's not himself. He's not his confident yeah. self. He, he yeah. basically just wanted to get back off stage because I knew I didn't look as good as I could. And that was the most difficult part because it's the Olympia, exactly yeah. the show where you do want to prove yourself and show yourself you're worth it. Yeah. And that's what you're when you're not showing it. So yeah. that was the most difficult part. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. So after that, you went on to the Romania Pro. What was the next show after that? No, you well, didn't. No, after that, I, in 2019, I did the Arnold Classic in Ohio. In Ohio, okay. Yeah. How'd you do there? I placed a 10th there. Okay. It was a bit of a controversy okay. because a lot of channels, inclu including Nick Strength and Power and, and some others, and a lot of other outlets told me, well, maybe 10 bit low. But I think it was because I, I placed so badly at the Olympia compared to my potential. And I still didn't fulfill my true potential at the Arnold Classic either. So yeah. maybe they just wanted to tell me, okay, this is still not good enough. You want you at your best to yeah. place you in the top six, for example. Yeah. So maybe they were able to push me because they do believe in me. But mm -hmm. because of that placing, they're like, okay, you still have to push it more because your yeah. physique needs more pop on stage. Yeah. And uh, I, I knew what went well wrong at the Arnold Classic as well. I did peak correctly in terms of conditioning, but not because but not with fullness. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm usually one of the taller guys on stage. Yeah. And I need to be dominant on stage. I need not only conditioning, but especially fullness. Yeah. And my mistake there was I didn't load with any sodium at all. Oh, so uh, okay. you know, yeah, without sodium, I, I no matter how many carbs I ate, not I couldn't matter. get a pump backstage. Didn't matter. Yeah, uh, but that's all things you learn throughout the uh, years as a competitor that you know. Okay, for some people, no sodium works great; they mm -hmm. stay full regardless. But for me, it really didn't work. Yeah. So now uh, th those things have changed for sure. So for the Arnold, do you think it was strictly like they judged you fairly and you just didn't peak again properly? Or do you think it was some residual thought from the Olympia? Like they're like, okay, well, he's still not where he needs to be, so well, let's mark him down. I wasn't at my very best there. Yeah, and I think it's like a combination of like, okay, he is pretty good, but still not good enough for us to give him the confidence that he's a top six guy. We yeah. still want him better to really be compared to those top guys because yeah. in the top six was like George Peterson, he won, I believe, and Steve Laureus and all those guys, mm -hmm. which are which are big names and they are have incredible physiques. So uh, to be in that call out, I would have to simply improve myself even more. Yeah. So you're, how, how tall are you? Six one? Uh, six two and a quarter. 
Are you the tallest guy on stage? Usually I am. Yeah. Sometimes it's so, one taller guy, but he's not really a name, so to say. Yeah. So I think of if I think of the taller guys, I think of you, I think of Chris, I think of Steve Lorius. Steve Lorius is a little bit taller, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's a little taller, but uh, not as tall as Chris for me. Okay, so he's, like, he's as a bit of an average, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, where do you see yourself? Are you still chasing Chris, or is there somebody else you're chasing, or where do you see yourself this weekend? Uh, well, I'm not chasing a specific person, especially because right now the top ten and the top six are pretty much wide open because a lot of guys who were in their previous year aren't there right now. Yeah. But the only guy who is for sure there is going to be Chris. So I do have him in the back of my mind. I know that if I stand next to him, that the differences or the similarities are yeah. going to be visible. So that's the only thing I want. That would be you know, a dream come true, to be honest, to be in the top six, to be compared to the top guys, just to see what the true differences are, to yeah. see where I stand among the top guys. Yeah. What's your weight right now? Um, it's, uh, I'm allowed to weigh 112 kilos, 247 yeah. pounds. Yeah. And right now it's about 245, 244. Well, so you're under. Yeah. I, I was a few days ago, so over, but I had a flight and some people hold water and I actually lose water when that I'm flying. Yeah. That happens to me too. Isn't that yeah. weird? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. So I want to show some people your page and what you look like right now. Those who don't know you, if you don't know. Wesley, it's Wesley Vissers on Instagram. How this is what you're looking like now, right? I mean, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't think I recall you being in this condition before. No, no, for sure. This is the best conditioning ever. And um, in terms of conditioning, what the, my biggest critique has always been. So that's what I really wanted to work on and get uh, in good condition uh, quite far out and then well, only start improving little by little towards the show. Wait a minute. What was you said? Something was your weakest point, but you cut out for a second. Is your just your overall condition, or is there something a body yeah, my, part? My, my overall condition is my uh, biggest critique. Okay, okay. Of the judges, yeah. And then secondly, my legs because I'm quite tall, uh, so my legs need to be on par with my upper body, which is quite full. Yeah. As you can see, when I get a pump, it can be quite full and round. Yeah. So my legs need to be on par with the upper body. This looks pretty good, man. I, I haven't seen you in this condition before. I'm really excited to see what you look like on Saturday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Make sure you don't take the sodium out. <laughs> no, it's going to stay in very high. Trust me. <laughs> you have a good back, good chest. Upper body is amazing. Do you have any leg shots on here? No, purposely not. Well, because, why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that's the one thing people want to see the most. And honestly, on pictures like this, my legs never look as good as on stage. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that has to do also with the pressure. If I post my legs now, even if they look good, some people will say they won't look good. And That's then it's right. going to get inside my head. I just want to show you stage next to the people who people believe do have big legs. And if they then compare to them, there's nothing they can say anymore. This, this one only got 6,000 likes. Is that okay with you? <laughs> See, I show less of my physique and the likes go down. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> okay, let's see. This one's got 25. Holy shit. Yeah. This has got 25,000. Yeah, that's that's when I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, man. That's hilarious. Shit. This one's just under 10. Yeah, this yeah. This one's yeah. eight. We can do this yeah, all they, day long. This is awesome. Yeah, some, some of them get a, get quite, yeah, about 15,000. They're very happy, of course, but... Uh, how, how far how far out was this? Uh, 
well, at least eight weeks or so. You're very, very good shape, man. I'm, I'm really excited to see what you look like. Uh, I want to go back to the uh, pressure conversation. So mm-hmm. you purposely, like, I find it, I find it fascinating when somebody is very self-aware of their, of their own self and how they react. So, you know, if you build too much hype or you post the wrong thing, it's going to affect you. Yeah. So you purposely, when you post, you're not only looking for likes, but you're looking for things that are going to improve your mental well-being, not necessarily pull you back at all. Yeah, exactly. I want to be in a most positive mindset I can be because we are human after all. And I do think like there's always a conversation in bodybuilding and in pretty much entire social media, you see a hundred positive and one negative comment, right? And the only one you see is a negative one. And I always think about evolution and nature. Why in nature would we care? It's because if you're in a group and one people, one guy says that you are not as good as the rest, he can be a threat to you. So you want to eliminate every single threat so that you're 100% safe to still be part of the group and be accepted by everyone because it starts with one. And if he's influential enough, it can go to everybody. So um, that's why we always try to eliminate all the negatives. And it's an everlasting battle because it will never stop because it's impossible to be 100% uh, positive uh, in the in the comments. Mm-hmm. So that's why when I post pictures, I try to have them um, be liked by people as much as possible. So when I know I got a very good pump and I have like five screens taken from a video, yeah. I just pick the one with with where I know from experience, okay, this one will get the best response. Yeah. And then I, I, I do read pretty much all the comments, but the type of negative comment also matters because sometimes they're like really uh, picking apart some part of your body. Yeah. And that's, that's what gets to your mind because you're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. But some negative uh, comments are like just the overall, like, uh, yeah. oh, you did it with uh, with uh, anabolic or something. Oh, you pumped yeah. yourself up. Yeah. That's I don't care about because a lot of people say those things yeah, regardless. Even yeah. if you walk walk on the street in the Netherlands, they literally say to your face, oh, uh, one, <laughs> one injection and I'm, I'll be like you, for example. Do they really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Netherlands... I don't want to talk bad, bad about the culture yeah. there. Yeah. The bodybuilding is not accepted there as way as much as in America and, Ca- and Canada, probably. Yeah. Yeah. When I walk around here in my tank top, for example, people actually come up to you and yeah. give you compliments and they because they realize what you had to do to get there. Yeah. Even though you might have used some stuff to get there, you know, everybody mm-hmm. knows this. Yeah. But in the Netherlands, they turn it around. They're like, oh, if I did that like him, <laughs> I could become you. All the training and, and diet, they don't even Doesn't think. Doesn't matter, yeah. Don't even think about it. So yeah. that's the big difference. And I think there needs to be a culture shift there. But it's very difficult because the most popular sports in the Netherlands are endurance-based. Yeah. Where the body, how it looks, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, you, know, like uh, you have soccer, you have um, uh, cycling. Yeah. and uh ice skating so yeah. all of those sports you don't really care about the body it's about the performance and bodybuilding is the exact opposite it's all about the body and the performance no one really sees yeah. so uh i think in america and uh in canada that's where they uh think about it more logically in my opinion are you still living there now or are you have you moved no i live in the netherlands still yeah you still do okay so you're just you've experienced america just coming here for photo shoots or video shoots or shows yeah. stuff like that yeah 
Yeah. Okay. That's when I realized the. That's where I realized that the world isn't all yeah. <laughs> negative, like yeah. uh, like I experienced. Do you have any plans to move into a, like a more bodybuilding friendly country? Yeah, not not specific plans, but I have thought about it. So if I leave the Netherlands, it's not going to be difficult for me. So yeah. it's not like I want to stay in the Netherlands. So if I could move to America and everything uh, would go smoothly, I would do it if everything yeah. was possible in that in that way. So because I love, I honestly, when I'm here, I feel at home as well. Do so really? um, yeah. Why uh, why just, why is that? Just because the bodybuilding culture is better? Is there something about America that makes you feel at ease? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I love going to the supermarket, for example. And oh. it, <laughs> what what's the difference between the supermarket and another well, one? In America, you're all used to having all kinds of enormous supermarkets, but in the Netherlands, it's rare. It's like okay. the local supermarkets you have in like a in a small town in America. That's mm. what they're pretty much all like in the Netherlands. Like this little this little variety in foods. Like the, it's getting better and better. Yeah. But in America, if you want to be super healthy, you can be. You can go to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, for example. Yeah. Yeah. But if you uh, in the Netherlands, it's going to be difficult to uh, to 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 really pick products like this. And um, it's not bad, but that's just one of the many examples. America just has a lot of uh, a lot more different things to offer, yeah. uh, from which I like, especially the cars as well. It's boring in the Netherlands if you walk, if you watch the streets and watch the parked cars. Yeah. Like if you see a Porsche yeah. or a Mercedes or something or a BMW, you're like, "Whoa, that's special!" And here, yeah. like they're all over the place, like the uh, exotic yeah. cars. So that's also a big difference. It sounds like the Netherlands is more. Uh, how can I say it? Uh, more focused. It's not as flashy. Yeah, exactly. Like America, America feels like it's more consumer driven. Mm-hmm. So whatever people want, whatever people demand, that's what that's what you have. So yeah, people want cars, the cars everywhere. People want <laughs> gro- grocery stores with tons of options, so they build yeah. them. So and restaurants, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love those too. So cars, restaurants, grocery stores. What else? Anything else stand out to you? It, just the vastness of it as well. Yeah. You got to remember, Netherlands. If you drive for three hours, you have you've been through the entire country. Okay. And he <laughs> three and a half hours maybe, yeah. and there's not that much to see, like there it's entirely flat. For example, there's not okay. a lot of interesting nature. Yeah. So here you have so much to do, in my opinion, so much to discover, which I haven't done yet at all. I just want I want to visit all states one day, yeah. and uh, I just think there's a lot more to do here as well. So yeah. uh, I'll never be and never get bored here. That's for sure, and the weather so, especially as well. <laughs> why is it? What's the weather like in the Netherlands? A lot of rain, a lot of unpredictability, basically like the UK. You've heard uh, yeah, 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 James yeah. and Ben talk about it. It's just yeah. boring, gray weather most of the time. And then when it's summer, it gets searing hot. Yeah. And because we're in the Netherlands, we're used to cold weather. We mm. don't have air conditioning standard in our homes. That's so what James, go, yeah, that's what James yeah. said in the UK. There's no air. I'm like, how can you live without air conditioning? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hate I hate the heat when I go to sleep. What I want is a cold, cool room, but it's yeah. impossible to achieve in the Netherlands if you don't have air conditioning. Yeah. So, for example, right here, I'm nice and cool. Yeah. And even Aruba, where I was uh, to quarantine to get here, there were three air conditionings in one little apartment. And that's the, that was, to me, already a luxury I never could have imagined yeah. Yeah. in the Netherlands, for example. So there's a lot of things that should be standard that are not in the Netherlands mm-hmm. that I just uh, think are better here. 
I would leave the Netherlands just because of the air conditioning reason. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> that would be enough for me. I'd be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Can't, can't take it. Yeah. So you had to go. I didn't know that either. So you had to go to Aruba, which is not a bad place to have to quarantine. But no, no. You had to go to Aruba and quarantine. But you didn't have to. You just have to stay in your hotel room. Or how did that work? No. So basically, it, it's called quarantine, but there's different definitions of it. There's a broad definition that I simply had to be in a country that yeah. was allowed to go to America for 14 days because okay. I, I simply the rule was I, I wasn't supposed to be in the Netherlands for 14 days. And after those 14 days, I'm quarantined from the Netherlands and then I'm allowed to go to the USA. So just to be safe, uh, me and actually William Bonac, because we're both from the Netherlands, we had, had planned the same trip, yeah. we did everything, uh, everything the same, and we ended up here nice and safe. So, so you didn't bring a, your girl or anything like you're here? By just uh, just my dad with me. Oh, Normally, really? uh, our entire family pretty much goes, yeah. but with uh, COVID, it's been difficult to uh, arrange all of that. And, uh, you know, with the gyms now back at home again in lockdown, and my girlfriend owns a gym, it's just very difficult to uh, arrange all of this to go yeah. away and just, you know. Yeah. You keep, I want to let you go because I know it's Olympia prep time, but you keep bringing up fascinating things. So I have to ask you about your families. You come from the Netherlands, you say, in the Netherlands, bodybuilding sounds like it's frowned upon mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, but your family's very supportive. Yeah. How yeah, did that, ha how did that happen? Have they been supportive well, since day one? There's one thing I do have to say about the Netherlands. I don't want to paint everyone the same brush because the bodybuilding community in itself in the Netherlands yeah. is amazing. So if okay. you're in a gym that's hardcore and everything is great, of course, but outside yeah. of that, it's, it's, it's a little less, a little, yeah. little less. Yeah. But uh, my family is very supportive because my dad has always been not a true bodybuilder, but he's always been going to the gym. He was a strong, uh, broad guy. And he's actually the one who I looked up to as a young kid that I wanted to be like him. So he took me to the gym with him. And that's basically how it started, how I learned how to perform all the movements in the gym and how to yeah. build muscle. And uh, after seven years, that's when I asked them. Do you yeah. think it's okay if I do a contest in bodybuilding? Yeah. There was a co there was like a, a, a bodybuilder in my gym who asked me if you are going to do this contest, I'll be I'll be your coach for free. I'll do your diet for free, your training for free, as long as you do this contest because I do think you have the ability to win. Yeah. And I had no idea about that because I watched uh, Mr. Olympia and Ronnie Coleman was the winner and uh, Jay Cutler and I watched those guys. It was like. Yeah. I, I'll never be ready for, for those guys. I had yeah. no idea there were amateur competitions. Yeah. So I really needed to be brought out of that world and into the amateur bodybuilding world to uh, do those contests. But yes, my parents have been very supportive. They've got a single contest. And my girlfriend, uh, she has been a female competitor herself. So she understands it. That's why we're even together because we understand each other yeah. and uh, we can be very supportive that way. So uh, it's just uh, really amazing. That's amazing because more often than not, I mean, I've had a few guys on the show that their parents are supportive, but more often than not, the families don't necessarily understand why we're doing what we're doing or why we have to do, you know, we have to use performance enhancing, enhancing stuff and all this stuff. So it's nice to hear that your dad and mom are a part of your, part of your journey. You know what I mean? Like that's cool yeah, that they, sure. your dad's there with you too. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, they're actually also uh, my uh, clothing brand, Vinny Genetics. They are, yeah. are the ones who are actually packing the clothes and attending to oh the website. God. And yeah. it's like a literal family. It's literally a family business. Yeah, yeah. So it's really all packed together 
uh, with yeah. trusted people around me. And I have to say, without that social influence and social support, it's it would have been much more difficult to achieve yeah. what I've achieved now. Yeah. Actually, before you go, I do want to touch on that because it's important to go over two things. Do you find it hard? I know you said it's it's easy to compete because your girlfriend is a competitor as well. Mm -hmm. But do you find it hard sometimes that she's also a competitor or do you just never compete at the same time? No, she actually was a competitor before. Yeah. And uh, she did her last contest right after I won my pro card. So we did actually prep together yeah. and actually went pretty well, to be honest. We supported yeah. each other more than actually fight each other. Yeah. But uh, after that, uh, the only thing I find hard is now I'm being more selfish than her because she doesn't do contests anymore and I keep doing them. So yeah. every time I do a contest, inevitably you start to change mentally as well. You're a bit more, well, I don't want to say aggressive, but you know, yeah. uh, not as um, emotionally available to your girlfriend. Yeah. So uh, that makes it a bit more difficult because I don't like to be a person like that. I want to be there for her. But sometimes it's like, it's like you can't control how you feel mentally. So when she asks you something or she wants your opinion or, or your attention, attention yeah. yeah, especially the attention, it's it's just, yeah. uh, I want to be there for her. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a little more difficult to give as much energy to her as usual, yeah. which that's to me the most difficult part. But I'm going to tell you something that you probably already know, because she's not going to listen to this. And if she does, she's probably gonna, she's probably not going to listen. <laughs> she's not going to listen this far because we're way far yeah. into it now. So yeah. you're in the best situation possible because my wife is a competitor. She used to compete as well, too. Mm -hmm. You're in the best possible situation because she no longer competes, but she understands everything you have to go through to compete. Yeah. So yeah. you found like the unicorn. That's like the perfect. <laughs> that's, the perfect. that's true. That's, that's why I work together. <laughs> Um, okay. Last thing before you go, uh, vintage genetics, it's mm -hmm. your, it's your clothing brand. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you believe in it strongly. Cause I, I see some of your posts sometimes and you're very, very big on classic and the classic shape. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I'm not even gonna ask you, you're probably never, you probably have no ambitions to be an open bodybuilder or anything like that. Right? No, but it's, it is in the back of my mind. Uh, that really? it's not, it's not 0%. Oh, because okay. it really depends on the future of open bodybuilding and the yeah. future of classic physique. If they want to go more and more streamlined to classic physique and more and more also streamlined to the open class, yeah. which yeah. with Sean Roden for a while, people thought, yeah. oh, that might be the case. And even Brandon Curry has a small waist. Yeah. So if they keep in going into that direction and I keep growing myself and I keep maybe outgrowing the classic physique class and I don't up the weight limit, then yeah. eventually I might have to yeah. But I do realize that the stepping stone from classic to open is really big for me. Yeah. So it, it, it would have to take 20, 30 pure pounds of muscle. I say, tw I say 20. I say 20. Mm. But yeah, I would, when I look at your physique, because I'm looking at these photos while we're talking, like here, I'm going to, I don't want to do this to the people watching. I just want to show them what I'm looking at. So when I look at this, I don't think that's far. The, the problem with this is I can't see your legs, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> When I look at this upper body, I'm like, I don't feel like there's a ton more muscle needed to be competitive as an open bodybuilder. <clears throat> and I'm not, and I'm not trying to talk you into it or anything. I just, I was always curious because you're very, when you, when I see your, your captions, I feel like you're very connected to the classic physique and the classic shape. And yeah. so I figured, well, there's never going to be any way that this guy goes to open because he loves classic. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why I was kind of asking the question, but going back to your business. So that's where the business comes from. Obviously you love the vintage look, the the, the yeah. classic look. And, yeah. and that's where all that idea came from. Yeah. Honestly, I would want to be as big as possible, still maintaining that vintage classic look like Arnold Schwarzenegger used to have. Yeah, yeah. So it's just because classic physique has a weight limit that I have to stay under it. But if it wasn't a weight limit, I would have been way heavier already, I think. But still maintaining that shape. That's to me, the essence of classic bodybuilding because Arnold didn't care about how much he weighed. He just, he was the open bodybuilder back then. Yeah. But he, they still had something in mind of how a physique should look. And that's different now with open bodybuilding. So that's the that's the biggest reason why I wouldn't join open bodybuilding now because the look that I have in mind and the look they have is simply too far apart. Yeah. And I want to I want to keep that classic look for myself. But just to just to play devil's advocate because we're talking about it. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to convince you of anything, obviously, but I just like this the line of conversation with somebody who's in classic. Cedric to me has a classic physique. Does Cedric, do you, when you look at Cedric, do you see a classic physique? Yeah, I do see that he is um, way more similar to those guys than most open bodybuilders for sure, because yeah. he can hit those poses and he feels how to hit those poses correctly with his body. Yeah. Honestly, there are top level guys right now. And uh, they, for example, try to hit the mantis pose or the archer pose and it just yeah. doesn't you know they simply hit the bodybuilding pose like a frontable yeah. bicep and they only extend their arm like this and that's the yeah. archer pose for them yeah. but if cedric hits it he puts his entire body into it and yeah. everything flows with the pose allowing it to make it look like a true vintage yeah. physique yeah. so that's the difference he has and he has the mass that's for sure well I mean, the reason the reason i brought up cedric is because i see you in that same category like I could see you being like a, like, I guess my point that I'm trying to make is even if bodybuilding doesn't go that way, mm-hmm. you can still be extremely successful because Cedric has kind of carved out his own little piece. That's true. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I look like this. This is how I look. I don't care how those guys look and people love him for it. They love mm-hmm. that. There's a guy that's 280 pounds or 70 pounds and he still looks like that really classic yeah. vintage look. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, if you ever did think of it, I wouldn't let that stop you. Cause I think you could take, you could capture an entire base for yourself. That's true. Because nobody else looks like you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but honestly, also one of the reasons why I'm not doing it now is because I first want to maximize myself in classic yeah. physique yeah. and just try to see, can I be the number one? Because yeah. I truly believe that, you know, if I am compared to the top six, and I can see then, I can be objective about myself. I can see then, okay, ever, am I ever going to be number one or not? Yeah. If I really um, mentally know the truth about that, then I can decide, okay, this is the direction I'm going to go for the yeah. future. But for now, I think it's still wide open. So I first want to maximize the classic yeah. physique look and this class. Maybe they're going to go up for five pounds. It gives me a lot of leeway as well. So who knows what the future may hold. But I do really understand what you're saying, that there are very big classic bodybuilding guys who don't fall within the classic physique class, but are still the open guys, which are a niche on their own, basically. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, man. I love what you're doing. And I love that you've, um, how can I put it? I love that you've really taken hold of the vintage thing and that's your thing and you love it. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's really cool that you are trying to maximize that and be that guy where, before I let you go the last question, and I know I've said that three times now, but, uh, 
where do you see yourself on Saturday? Do you see yourself being in that first call out? Yeah, I just, I really believe that with my conditioning right now, if everything goes right, you never know, but if oh, everything goes right, as I look like right now, and I get, I, I peak correctly, which should happen as well, because I'm not going to do anything weird. Yeah. Then I, I really do believe the top six is possible, especially because some guys aren't can't even join, like Arwash and some other good guys can't do the Olympia for various reasons. Yeah. I do think it's wide open, and I don't know what the reason would be if that I'm not in the top six unless everybody is 110%, and uh, <laughs> and even what I'm bringing right now is not enough. But you just yeah. never know with bodybuilding. So uh, yeah. I do believe top six is possible, but uh, at, you know. Top 10, that's the bare minimum for me. Yeah, yeah. Top six, that's what I have in my mind. Okay, okay. Well, Wesley, you know what? We'll bring you back another time when you're not uh, the week not the week before a show and you have more time. <laughs> we'll talk more about your history and all that other stuff. But for now, I'm going to let you go do your thing and get ready for the weekend. And uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much for the time. I will. Thank you very much as well. We appreciate your podcast. So it was an honor. Hey, before you go, is there anywhere that people should go to get vintage clothing or vintage genetic is it more than just clothing or is it just clothing for now uh, it's clothing and also training gear like uh belts and the arm blasters like the classic arm blasters you know <laughs> wrist wraps straps <laughs> that's awesome so it's it's a vintage genetics.com okay all right we'll go there and get your stuff guys um for now though have a good weekend man i hope you do awesome and we'll uh, talk to you soon all right thank you appreciate it okay brother